Connect Red are a Midlands-based telecommunications company with branches in Cannock, Derby and Burton-on-Trent in partnership with Vodafone UK. Our shops are currently closed due to the pandemic, but we are here to help in any way we possibly can. Get in touch with us for any of your tech and communication needs, consumer or business, and we can tailor individual packages and cater for multi-bundle deals too. Visit us at connectred.co.uk. That's C-O-N-N-E-K-T-R-E-D and drop us a message. Welcome to the Talk Derby 2 podcast. I'm Blake Fellows. This is the boring bit. I have to say thank you as ever to Connect Red and Elite Football Development. Go and like them on social media. That's the best way you can support the podcast is to go and show the people who support us some support. Today we've got Dustin Melton, Derbyshire fast bowler. He's got a really interesting story. Um, we're going to be talking to a Derbyshire player every Wednesday until the new season to tease the new season and to get people up for it. I know I always say when I do an introduction, they've got a really interesting story, um, but they have, and I wouldn't be doing it, and they won't be on the podcast if they hadn't. So Dusty's a great lad. He's always supported the podcast, so have a listen to his, his amazing story of coming over to England and making it professional cricket, and keep listening every Wednesday for more Derbyshire players. Fingers crossed, until I run out, I'm going to be doing one every Wednesday. So here's Derbyshire fast bowler, Dustin Melton. welcome on it's been a long time coming actually because I think we first discussed getting you on like last year when you first when you was first in Derby and I never got quite around to speaking to you but it's, it's good to finally have you on how are you yeah yeah no can't complain can't complain uh <laughs> just wanted to start off by congratulating you for how you how you come on leaps and bounds Blake I'm proud of proud of it mate I uh, know I, I remember listening to one of your first few I remember enjoying the one with Lucy Spragan for example um and like listening to a few with Yoz and Tony and um, the one with you and Fletch where, where you guys went on and did that, you become a bit of a serial podcaster and it's, it's a joy It's a joy to see you you flourishing a little bit. It's good to see you, mate. Thank you so much, mate. No, I appreciate it and uh, thank you for the support. It's, uh, I think I had um, Finn on last week and he said it was like last year, it was like just like a bit of a lockdown project and then it just kind of took off a little bit and now, now mm-hmm. we'll just do it. It's mad. <laughs> Yeah, mate. No, it's brilliant. It's brilliant. Well deserved, and and so whatever comes your way is is due to your hard work, mate. I mean, look, people obviously try it, and like they kind of lose the love for it, but you kind of just cracked on and kept going, and that's, I suppose that's the key to succeeding any anyway. Really, is when it gets tough and you feel like it's stagnating a little bit, just keep going, and you seem to be doing that, and that's good to see. Well, likewise with you, because you've made a. A real go of it. Come first arriving at, at Derbyshire. What, yeah. what was the story behind that? When you how did you first get here to to give the opportunity? And and you've had to dig in, haven't you, and take your opportunity? Yeah, um, it's been a tough tough little road. Like like coming from South from South Africa to England initially. Um, I was supposed to. It was supposed to just be a simple process. I had a coach who wanted me to come over, and I was supposed to sign a contract first season. Um, and I kind of had a ongoing chronic injury with my left ankle 
I knew I needed an operation for her. I knew I needed something to be done with her. It was it was stopping me from being the player who I know I can be. Um, and I kind of lost that opportunity because of it, because uh, I couldn't necessarily play at my best or what my t- potential could be. Um, then, yeah, just kind of stagnated for about three years, just played some league cricket uh, down south in Suffolk. Um I had a couple of trials here and there for Essex and Hampshire, but that kind of just fizzled out. Nothing really came of it. And then Hulls got hold of me one day and asked me if I can come up for a couple of days, train with the lads. Um, I think that was in 2019. Um, yeah, and like from there, he just said to me, he was like, I'd like you to come play for, for our twos, you know, being around the area. Um Here's your opportunity. Come, you know, be part of the squad. You get, you get the facilities. You use as much as you want. Um, get the treatment that you need, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. And, and let's see how you go through the season. Uh, didn't go according to plan. Got a couple of injuries on the side with a side strain. I redid a side strain early, or I did a side strain early on in the season, and then redid it like midway through. Thought, thought, my opportunity's going down the drain. Um, you know, all the stereotypes that come with like signing players are, you know, is an injury risk and like, you know, you don't want to take the risk on them and so on. So it's just the mental, the mental battle that, that comes along with that. Um, and then obviously got a nice little run out against the Australians, my first first class debut uh, in the middle of an Ashes series, like World Cup on show, but very out of my depth. Like extremely, um, <laughs> but like unbelievable opportunity, of course. And like second day in, I think I had to slid a contract across my across his desk to me, and I remember just bursting into tears, just being <laughs> like in like, I don't know, just gratitude and just uh, I don't know, just the actual eventual like accomplishment of your lifelong dream, you know, coming true, and you've. You've gone a long way away from home, your comfort zone. You, you know, you've had the mental battles through the cold English winters, and you, something that you're not used to because you're from a hot, nice, warm country. Um, you're working, working as a cook and a chef, like sixty hours a week. You know, not seeing a lot of day, and you know, just kind of appreciating everything that has gone into eventually getting there. Um, yeah, it just meant a great deal. So that's kind of how I came along. Was it a big gamble for you to come over here to, to try and make it a gamble? Massive. Yeah, yeah, massive from where I was in Sudbury um, or in Suffolk to coming out to Derby. Uh, initially coming from South Africa to England, not so much. Um, it was more of a calculated like assurance that I was going to be able to do it because I believed in myself quite a bit. Um, injury obviously prevented me, but like from where I was originally in England to coming out to Derbyshire, massive, massive gamble. Um, I kind of gave myself a three-year plan when I first initially came to England and the opportunity didn't go the way it did. Um, that I'll give myself three years and by the end of those three years, if something comes along, I'm just going to have to drop everything and do whatever I can because if if that doesn't go the way it is, I'm just going to have to start settling, settling down, you know, focusing on a different career path. You know, I could still play cricket, but it's not going to be my main, full, my main and sole focus. Uh, so, 
yeah, it was a massive risk. Just upped everything, quit my job, you know, left the club that I was at. Um, there, were, there were a lot of aspects of my life that could make it so easy just for me to settle there. And, you know, the, the, the case that I just kind of upped, upped everything and left changed a lot for me personally. Um, but the opportunity came with it and it's nice to see that, you know, it's actually something's come of it, um, which is quite special. Did you always know? Because some people you speak to they say, I always knew, like, I had a tough journey to get here, but I always knew I was going to make it. Or did you have the doubt that it might not work out for you, even though you believe in your ability or whether it, it might not be the path yeah. for you? Yeah, like, like, I always I always believed that I could. You know, like, the my, my parents always believed in me as well and they did everything they could to help me get to where I was at that point. Um, I always had that general just desire and belief that I was going to do it anyway um kind of kind of an arrogant mentality and just do you know comf- comfort zone you know oh, I'm gonna do it it's okay like yeah I can do the hard work that's fine you know it's gonna come coming to England I, uh, I learned very differently you know like it was it was a completely different ball game um I realized how difficult it was going to be number one um where I was kind of just relying on people just to see my potential and being like, yeah, yeah, let's let's get him on the books. You know, he, he shows some promise. He's got a bit of potential. But uh, to learn that, you have to do it the hard way. Um, you have to put in some performances. You have to, you know, graft your way. And it's not just one or two. You have to do it consistently over an extended period of time before you actually manage to get what you're looking for. Yeah, it's... How different is it when you go into doing it day in, day out? And do you feel yourself improving? Doing, oh, doing yeah. playing cricket every day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I suppose, I suppose for me, like I spent a lot of years in club cricket, and or a few years in club cricket. So I kind of, I got to a point in club cricket. I knew my game. Um, I knew I'd be able to do well wherever I went um, at that level. So I was quite confident in that in that respect. And then stepping up to the professional game was just a different ball game. Um, I needed to be better. I needed to be a lot fitter. I needed to be a lot more skillful, and I needed to be a lot more consistent. Um, and like now, like even now during the winter, all I focus on is my consistency. Um, and I know my my biggest my biggest downfall is my mental aspect towards executing a skill. So it's been a challenge for me to try and, you know, I'll think myself, you know, like just try and not let emotions get in the way of what I need to do, you know, drill in exactly what I need to do in order to achieve the success that I need. Because when I listen to that part of me, I gain success from it. Um, and it worked for me. So it's a, I, 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 it's a no-brainer for me. I just need to keep trying to replicate that as much as I can. Do you still play club cricket? Are you a, or have you got a club in in Derby, yeah. in the Derbyshire yeah, yeah. I've been playing for Ockbrook for the last. Well, I'll be coming into my third season now, but I didn't play last year. Mm. I played the year before, yeah, and loved it, loved it. Ockbrook and Borough, they've 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 been great for me um, during that phase when I was trialling for Derbyshire. You know, they they put me up in a place, they gave me a car. Um, you know, like helped me with just a bit of money during the weeks. You know, like I wasn't earning a lot. It was tough. You know, I was 
was skint most of the time. I had absolutely nothing, you know, asking a mate for a pint and like not being able to offer one back. You know, it's just quite difficult to do all that. Um, so that helped me massively uh, just in that transition for me um, and before I got my opportunity. Big Dave looking after you there then. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, I, I don't Top know. man. I don't know if it's just the uh, the Zimbabwean genes in him, um, but like it's just it's typical of a Zimbabwean, you know, just just to be really caring and very nurturing and you know quite tough on you when you need it, and and I do get that a lot from him, and I love it, I love it, like you know if there's a problem with me, if I'm doing something wrong, tell me, because I'm I'm very naive to what I'm doing until someone actually just pulls me up on it, um, and it's it's perfect for me, it's perfect for my character. Is it nice to have something not to kind of fall back on? Because obviously you're, you're battling to get in at Derbyshire and you're fighting and it's difficult, but then you've still got Oakbrook as a club where you can go and play some cricket and you've got people around you. Is that kind of nice, especially when you move to a new area to have like yeah. something yeah, to fall back on? It's, it's the community aspect that, that like sport, like sport can be just great in terms of just meeting new people, you know, having that social aspect. Um, it's massive for just anyone, really. You know, it's something I would advise to everyone everyone even if you aren't just a sportsman yourself just to do something on the weekend you know um yeah it's it's it helped me a lot especially when i was injured you know like the second time around especially i was in dog dog place um and it was easy for me just to sit in a room and you know play my video games and just you know get away from get away from all the you know oh how's it coming along or uh, or how long have you got left before you're back? You know, what happened? Like, oh, and it's just like, oh, again. And you're just going like, oh, no. So it's a kind of a case of like, you know, you want to you wanna go down and you want to get outside a little bit, but <laughs> you kind of want to get away from people, you know. And <laughs> so it's just, uh, it's just balancing that a little bit. Um, how, how do you overcome that? the negative mental side you have to kind of set yourself targets to it's difficult because i get it but i don't get it in sport so it's yeah. it's kind of different approach isn't it i think for me for me like when i get injured right i feel like i've failed the people who have shown faith in me yeah. so for me it's a case of getting over that aspect number one like knowing that it is natural but it does it does happen in sport yeah, no one wants it. No, yeah, it's no one's intention to get injured. Um, and then kind of, you know, setting out your route to recovery, um, understanding that this is now, this is now going to be your life. And for the next six weeks, you're just going to have to be boring. It is going to be boring. You are going to get frustrated. You've done this all before. It will be okay. Um, listen to your physio. Listen to your S&C. Don't be an idiot. Just, you know, do the right things um, for your recovery. Do your strengthening. Even if it's small little bits during the day, you got to keep doing it. Um, because when you get out on the park, you don't think about that anymore. You think about the game. You think about success. You think about the team. You think about having fun. Um, so it's a case of just, you know, just getting past that little phase um, and, you know, trying to keep your mind off it as much as possible. Does overcoming it, and once you get past it and, you, and you're back to your best, overcoming that mental side of things, does that help you going forward as a sportsman, that yeah. overcoming the adversity? Yeah, yeah. You, you become a lot more, 
um, residual, if that's the right word. Um, he, things don't really get to you as easily as they would previously. Um, I know, like, now during this little niggle, I know what I'm like. I know I get in a very bad mental space when I get injured. Uh, and I, I haven't really felt that at all during this during this period. Probably a little bit of frustration because the boys have got back out in the middle and they started, you know, having the nets outside. And like, I was at such a good point in my progression where I would have had so much fun out there um and i kind of just have to wait and watch and just watch them have fun and i'm just you know it's just it's just a bit of jealousy that creeps in um and it makes it difficult to be around but it's 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 you know it's just part of it and that's okay and you'll be out there soon that's kind of thing you just positive reinforcement and you learn to do that um so yeah do you just having a bit more security now having a contract and everything rather than being injured and thinking, right, that might be me, that's it, me, done. Do you know, having a contract, having a bit more security, that does that maybe help with that side of things? Yeah, 100%. Um, I mean, like, there's always that aspect of, like, oof, you know, like, if I don't play games, how can I show them that I'm worthy of another contract, you know? Uh, so, like, there is, there is that aspect. So, like, you're always worried if it's a big injury. But if it's a small little one, then it's okay. Like, you, you know, you'll get over it. Last year... I had to have a massive ankle operation. Like they had to remove a bone from my ankle, and this was the chronic, horrible injury that I've been carrying for a good four or five years. Um, and finally got something done about it. Uh, and I was going to be out for three, four months. Um, fortunately, but unfortunately, cor the coronavirus situation hit the world, and it gave me enough time to recover and get ready for the small bit of the season that we did have and luckily I'd shown enough to the coaches and Houts and um, our CEO and everyone or our board rather that I have got what it takes and they showed faith in me and they gave me that contract um, something I never expected something I, I was preparing to not get you know I was, I was starting to look for opportunities elsewhere and uh, you know I was trying to just you know look after myself and preparing myself to play second team cricket only this year because of my passport situation um, and there not being any more cold packs you know and the only way I was going to be allowed to play the season um, is if I was an overseas and I knew like I only had a limited number of opportunities to do it and um Fortunately, when I did get my opportunities, I'd shown enough promise in order to, to gain that faith. Um, and that's much appreciated. I appreciate that so much. So the security that comes with it, to answer your question, is massive, massive. You know, um, you, put all your, you put all your eggs in, a, in one basket when you're trialling. But when you're not trialling, you know, okay, there's just a little bit of comfort. You know, you're okay. You still got this amount of time and that's fine. And that's okay. I was going to ask you about the cold pack situation because obviously you've overcome everything that we mentioned before and then there's obviously a change in, in the rules last year. Did you come in last year about um, the cold packs being now overseas? Yeah. So you're, are you classed as an overseas player now then? Yes. So that, so that makes it even harder for you because you yes. can't as, it can't seem as an overseas when you could have come in as a cold So that's another obstacle for you to overcome. Did you think that might be a stumbling block at one point? Oh, 100%. 
And I was getting so frustrated. I was, uh, I was trying to get all the ECB. I was trying to speak to them because basically I wouldn't be a local player if I held an indefinite leave to remain status, which basically just permits me as a resident of the country. I can, you know, I, I literally have all faith, all affinity to the country. You know, they, they class me as a resident of England or the United Kingdom but I would still not be able to play as a local cricketer. Um, I would have to hold a passport, but someone from an EU country or an EU passport could hold that, live here for an X amount of one day and still be classed as more of a local than me. And I've been here for five years, you know, done my stay, I've voted, I've done this X, Y, and Z, and I wouldn't be classed. And uh, it was a big little battle, and I wanted to see if I could do anything about it legally. But legally, like everything was covered on all all departments, so it's kind of something I have to suck up. Um, and literally, the only way forward for me to play first class cricket this year was to be an overseas. Um, yeah, so it was a big call. Is there anything you could do in the future? Is there like a, a time period that you can play, uh, or time period you can be in the country, or is there anything that can change you to be non overseas? Get my passport, really. Is that um, it? You have to get a British passport. Yeah, yeah. Um, that's literally the only thing I can do, uh, and I'm I'm entitled to get it next year. So, effectively, that will not be a problem in my mm -hmm. career ever again, potentially. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, so yeah. There's literally nothing I could do other than just applying, like you know, asking around big to be an overseas pro for someone. Um, that's literally the only thing I can do, just get the actual passport itself. I mean, it's, it's the whole initial process of doing it in the first place. I came over in, with the intent to do that. Um, so, I mean, I've done my stay. Um, I've, I'm on the last last little stretch now. So uh, it's it's slow, it's a slow, long process, but it's got in the way of a lot of things. And it's still probably going to get in the way now because I'm an overseas and, you know, I'm, we can only play two overseas at one specific period. And I mean, you know, I'm competing against people like Ben McDermott and Billy Stanlake, you know, played international career. We'll both have international careers, you know, great exposure all around the world. You know, I had a lot of cameras and a lot of people um, have impressioned upon a lot of people. So for me, it's a case of like just coming to terms with the situation and understanding that it's, you know, it's, a long season you know there's going to be rotation um i will get my opportunities but i'm going to make as much of an effort to give halts and the rest of the coaches the biggest headache as, as they possibly can um and that's literally that's literally all i can do is it still an exciting prospect having billy stanley come in as a bowler just to try and glean a little bit of his experience off him because it must be amazing to play oh. with these overseas players and like the stuff you can learn just from watching them probably is amazing isn't it yeah yeah i mean so i look back when i was trialing Lo logan van beek was the pro um and i learned quite a bit from logan um just the mental aspect of everything he he helped me quite a bit and like we got we got relatively close and we shared quite a few things with each other about how our mental mental state gets, um, especially with injuries or when it comes to to bowling or you know like or how you think and what you do and uh, you know like your everyday life. 
So for me, that was quite nice. It was quite nice to to have that to and fro with someone who is of a certain ability, who has certain credentials, um, and who has certain exposure and like who has a lot of skill, um, a lot of knowledge of the game. So the prospect of Billy, for example, coming over, um, you know, I know he's been through his challenges with injuries as well. So, you know, like just talking about it with him will go a long way with me. Um, understanding what what he does and like you know how he goes about his business, you know when he gets to the top of his mark, you know just understanding what's going through his his brain at that point, you know seeing seeing what his thought processes are because you never know you might learn something. Um, so just asking a whole bunch of questions. Don't want to badger him. Um, don't want to get too much because he's got a big job to do, and there's a lot of expectation, and I'm sure I'm sure he'll be facing a lot of pressure on that respect. So I suppose for me, for me as his backup, I suppose I'm just going to have to try and help as much as I can. Do you fancy facing him in the nets? No, mate, no. I'll come back. <laughs> I'll come back. <laughs> I was trying oh, to see the ball on the best of days, mate. No, no, you, no, you want me to face 90 plus mile an hour in the nets? Yeah, oh, he's about a six foot nine, but pelting a bouncer in at you. Imagine that. I mean, we we have George Scrimshaw at the moment. He's about six foot seven, and he ambles in, and all of a sudden, let's go an absolute rocket, and it's it's, it's just quite intimidating to face. Like, I'm watching the boys face it at the moment, and it doesn't look fun. It really does not look fun. Like I mean, we had I think Finn Finn had to face Marky Cohen and and um, George Scrimshaw in, in in one there and like like just watching him face up to him, like like talking about it before. I was like, hey, it's a positive thing, isn't it? Like you know, you like old boys are fearing going into the nest to face old boys. You know, the other counties might be thinking the same thing, and it's like. Like I, I, I see it as a positive, but at least I'm not facing it because I mean I'm, I'm happy. And by the time I get to bat, they'll be batting as well. So <laughs> I mean I'm I'm happy. <laughs> <laughs> I, I spoke to Finn as well, and we mentioned Ben McDermott, and um, we were talking about how far up he's going to hit the ball this year, <clears throat> and we think he's going to get it on Nottingham Road. Oh man, I reckon you'll hit it into the gym. Yeah. Like, like, <laughs> Like proper, like, like you've seen some of them, he just crunches onto roofs, and yeah. it's just like, well, I mean, at least you get a good measure at, at, at the county ground because you can see how actually how far it goes and you see where it lands. So, yeah, the positives of having a smaller county, you know, no, no real stadium, you can see actually how far cricket ball travels. Yeah, we've seen it was on about whether he could um, clear the media center because it's only ever yours that's uh, that's cleared the media center at Derby, is it really only yeah. yours? What? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. No. Really? Like, genuinely? Yeah, it, genuinely, the only person who's ever cleared it. There's a few people hit it, but no one's ever cleared it. But Yoz has cleared it with a six, only person. It's only been there three seasons, though. Do, do you remember Do you remember who it was off? Like, like, oh, no, I don't know. It'd, oh. Oh, it'd, be, it'd be some part-time batsman bowling pies sure, or something, wouldn't it? <laughs> I'm, sure if, I'm sure if you ask him, you'll say, oh, no, it was probably some rapid quickie running in at him. Yeah. Oh, it'll be interesting to see. I'll, I'll ask him about it when I see him Ask again. him. Yeah, it's a, yeah. <laughs> apparently, anyway. Um, I've been trying to get him on for about two years. He keeps, he keeps pieing me off. Um, oh, I said ask him myself. <laughs> <laughs> what, what are your targets for this season? Them. Have you got your targets in mind? Yeah, yeah, we've got a few um, team-based. Um, 
I don't know, uh, team-based, like, it would be nice to get some silverware. Uh, I know I know the amount, of, the amount of hurt and suffering, almost in a sense, that supporters and, and even staff and cricketers of Derbyshire have gone through over the last, what, I think it's nine years since the Div 2 County Champo win. Yeah, um, 2012, yeah. So there's been a lot of hurt and a lot of, like, close moments and you know a lot of good signs but no real like getting past that white line and finishing it off um so it'll be nice it'll be nice to get ourselves into contention again for a few trophies um i think we've definitely got a good squad for it now um i mean we we look at we look at winning trophies we look at all sides who win trophies and it's, we make it up on your bowling unit really like they you talk about batsmen scoring runs but bowlers win your games so I mean, we've got we've got a pretty nice backup attack to our primary attack, um, and it's 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 just good to see. Um, boys are doing some pretty good work at the moment. So team wise, get some silverware. Um, even if that means in the twos as well, uh, our second team can can also get themselves in contention. It's, it's something that doesn't really get published or, or focused on a lot, um, but the second team stuff actually goes a hell of a long way um, into filtering into the first team. So if if anything could be done, I think, like second team-wise, especially with knowing limited opportunities, I know I'll be playing quite a bit of second team, so I'll, I'll be keen to you know help us win as many games in there as possible. Um, silverware at the end of the day, isn't it? Uh, but yeah, personally, um, I know opportunities are becoming limited and few. But I'm looking forward to you know facing the challenges and giving giving the coaches and health health especially a big old headache um, to not get my name on that team sheet. Uh, it's 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 in my genes, and I'll I'll, I'll be working very very hard to do that. Um, so yeah. Um, Personally, I just want to play as many games as I can. Uh, like originally, I was looking at it. I was like, you know, you want to be on the top rankings of the MVP list and so on. But you know, a bit of re- bit of a reality check made me understand where I'm at in my career. Uh, it's only going to be my, it's really only going to be my first real season of professional cricket, real long, long season. So I just kind of need to just dial back on my expectations. What stage are the, the squad are in pre-season now then? Is it about to play the first game? About a week away, something like that, is it? Yeah, so uh, I know I'm not going to be part of it, but I think next week, Thursday, we will, yeah, on Thursday. I don't know what the date is for Thursday, but we play, I think we're going to split um, between Leicestershire and Yorkshire. So there'll be two two days going on at that exact same time. Um, and then we play Lancashire, away at Old Trafford on a four-day friendly. And then we got Cardiff at home for about three days, I think it is. And then into the season away at Warwickshire. That's for the first team at least. And the second team are away at North Hands. Will you be fit for them for the start yeah, of the yeah. season? Yeah, yeah. yeah I'll, be, I'll, be, I'll be good to go then. So we, yeah. when, what's, what's your kind of track at the minute? You just got to get back running or is it just going to be like a few days off? Is it just a twinge more than anything you say? Yeah, yeah, it's just a twinge. So we're just kind of nursing as much as possible. Don't want it to be a problem in in the season. So, like, been like we've been working with Fran quite closely, and I've just kind of said to her, I don't want it to be an issue. So let's take as much time as we need. I want to be back by the season starting, but mm-hmm. let's not let's not feel like we have to rush anything here. Yeah. 
It's yeah. been brilliant. Thanks for catching up with us. No, man. No worries, play. We got there in the end. We'll have to get you back on during the season and, uh, and, yeah. have, a, and have a catch up once. There's more to talk about cricket-wise and you've taken yeah. a few wickets. Yeah, definitely. Hopefully. Um, Finn, Finn recommended you as his past the mic, which is what we're doing now um, okay. to keep getting people on. So he recommended you as someone he thought it'd be good to come on mm. and talk cricket. So who do you think would be decent to come on and have the crack? You know, like it was, it was in passing when I spoke to Lias. And I was like, yes, yeah, so do you fancy it? Like, would you fancy something like this? And he's like, yeah. Because if there's anyone in Derbyshire who loves talking cricket, it's that man. He could talk as much cricket as you as ever. He goes into the smallest, finest details, knows his history about the game, you know, knows every single player, knows where they've come from, knows what shots they play. Like the man loves cricket. Um so and I think I think it would be good to be good to chat to. Do you know what? I've so, never spoke to him. I've seen him playing. He's one of the few ones that, even when I yeah. was commentating, I never, I never spoke to him. So it'd be interesting yeah. that would. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It'd be good. It'd be good. I'll, I'll definitely recommend getting Lias on. Nice one. If you can help us out with that, mate, that'd be class. Oh, we'll do. We'll do. Nice one. Nice one, Dusty. I uh, will speak to you again in the season. Cheers, Blakey. Keep up. Cheers, mate. Take care, pal. Cheers, Kate. Take care.